she was this gun-toting, whiskey-drinking broad. The super epic fucking broad. She was a pioneer in the industry. She's also so famous and so controversial. So controversial. So she's kind of a big fucking deal. Her story is so incredible. She belongs on this podcast because she's a broad you should know. Hello and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women from history. I am your host, Sarah Gorski, and today I've got Chloe Sky with me. Hi, Chloe. Hello. What's up? Hi. Hey, everybody. Listeners, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm just going to say right now, so she doesn't have to tell you all, um, the rain came to LA this week and flooded her closet. <laughs> It sure did. So her couch is her closet, and that is why her room is a mess. I don't want her to be self-conscious about it. Yeah. No, um, I, mean, I would, because that, that couch is normally a little bit of a mess, but like now it's completely not my fault, so yeah. I have an excuse. Well, I just want people to know, so they don't you know, think that you live like this usually. Definitely don't, no. My like, we all use closet. our couch as like a, a mini closet, like from yesterday's clothes. Like, that is that yep. is normal millennial behavior, I feel. I think so. And maybe it's other everybody's behavior. Maybe it's not just millennial behavior. <laughs> well, listeners, I um, like was Chloe and I were texting back and forth today because you know, today um, the Oscar nominations were announced, and actually this is becoming an annual event. Our our annual Oscar nomination rant because we did this yeah. last year. Did we do it last year? We did do it last year when Viola Davis got. Oh, snubbed right. for yeah, Woman King, which I'm still Woman not King. over, quite frankly. Know, honestly. Still not over it. So much and got nothing. So much. But before we dig in um, to the Oscars, I want to preface by talking about a few other um, minor women-related news. Um, I just had to laugh like, not even laugh. I'm laughing and crying at the same time. I'm trying to kind of disassociate with politics because it's so frustrating. Um, but I can't actually do that because I do care and I pay attention. Um, but but uh, as expected, Missy Poo Poo um, lost in <laughs> Nikki Haley lost in uh, New Hampshire this morning. Missy Poo Poo. I I couldn't. I blanked on her name for a second, and that's the closest thing I could come to. <laughs> because she hates women, and I can't like respect people who hate women. I don't know. I can't respect women who hate. You're not wrong. I don't respect men who hate women either. It's it's equal opportunity hatred for people who, or disrespect for people who hate women. Um, but I was like slightly, part of me, Chloe, was like slightly concerned. Like if she actually does really well in these elections, does that mean that Democrats are the only people who won't vote for women? Um, but then I was pleased to see that, in fact, Republicans also do hate women and they they seem to hate women even more than Democrats hate hated Hillary. So... Oh, yeah. No, so, Republicans will vote for a woman if they can then lord it over liberals later that they have a woman and the liberals don't. Yeah, but they um, didn't. They didn't vote right. for Nikki Haley, and now she's right. out, and now it's Trump. She's also, <laughs> I know, it's disgusting. I'm not looking forward to the rest of this year, but hey, whatever. Anyway, I was, but I was slightly comforted to see that pattern repeat itself and not be some sort of, not have the, the, um, <laughs> the election, you know, yeah, look on the bright side of the page. I guess it wasn't just her emails. I guess it's just yeah. generic hatred against women. Equal in, opportunity in misogyny. Equal opportunity misogyny across the... That's not... Actually, that's not true. Democrats no, are not, not trying true. to take away women's bodily autonomy. That's we can't say true. that. That's true. That is true. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to say that because, you know, Missy Poo Poo was like all over the radio waves all day. <laughs> 
still use an alarm clock sometimes when I'm trying to wake up early, and I have it set to the radio. Um, so I don't like using my phone. I like having my phone in the other room and not next to me. So I look at it all night. Um, and every time the alarm went off, it was a fucking news story. It was like a fucking clip talking about Nikki Haley. And I kept being like, snooze, snooze. I can't wake up to that story. I can't wake up to that story. And after like the third time, I was like, I think I just have to wake up and turn it off and just go on with the day. Oh my goodness. But anyway, Missy Poo Poo's out of the race. And, um, and that's that. And I feel like there was something else I was going to bring up, too. And now I forgot what it was. I should have written it down. Idiotic. <laughs> but now to the main topic, which is the Oscar nominations. Oscars. The Oscars. Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I'm like conflicted with myself for even like sort of caring because I know that it's like a ridiculously stupid stupid organization run by a bunch of like old white men that don't give a shit about anyone except old white men and Christopher Nolan. Yeah. And yeah. I, he's an old yeah, man middle-aged too. white he's man. An old white, yeah. yeah. Mm, middle-aged or like he's yeah, late he's like, middle-aged. I mean, yeah, late middle, but it's still the middle. Uh, but I still like, I still care. I still care about the snubs. Um, and it wasn't just Barbie. Which got snubs too, um, but I also feel like I want to like preface my. Or I know we're gonna rant about it, like the the heart of the issue in two seconds. I I found myself like, I don't know if you were on the socials today, but I found myself like seeing also a lot of clapback that was like, it's so upsetting to see so many people rant ranting about Greta and Margot. But it disrespects Lily Gladstone and it disrespects America Ferreira's win, like nominations. And I actually don't, I don't think that's true. Like, I don't think that acknowledging, like, am I crazy to think like that's a little bit of like a. Well, I don't know what circles you're hanging out with online because I wasn't seeing any of that clap back. I was definitely seeing people being upset that Greta and Margot were not nominated. Yes, Um, I saw that too. But even like Ryan Gosling's, like, message about it that he released was like also congratulations america ferrera and everyone else and and i yeah i don't see that like they could have been nominated without kicking out lily gladstone they could have correct been nom- like th- there are other women in that there's category room for more than one woman in these categories like, actually you know what me? i'm sorry listeners in case you're not in the industry and like in or living in la where these nominations like our big news all over the LA Times. Um, what happened today was the Oscar nominations were announced, and Barbie was nominated for eight. Not it was nominated for eight awards, um, including Best Picture, but it was not nominated for Best Director. So Greta Gerwig did not get a nomination. She and Noah Baumbach, her partner, who she wrote it with, did get a nomination for Adapted Screenplay, not Original Screenplay, which also I don't understand. Do you understand that? Why they switched I do, it? I know. I know the rules for the adapted are like, if this is based on any pre-existing thing, it counts as adapted, including because, a product including that had no storyline written for it, including a toy, including yeah. If it's adapted from a short film, if it's adapted from a a line of diet, like if it's literally, if you can draw its inspiration from somewhere specific, it counts as adapted. And there's some like really dumb versions of that. Um, like 
they'll count like a, a movie that uses the exact text of Shakespeare as adapted. Like, even though it's the direct text, it's like, no, this is an adapted screenplay. Well, that makes sense to me because it was a, you know, Shakespeare's play and now it's a different right. medium. But I guess I just don't even feel like there was any written material about Barbie. There wasn't, it's not like the American Girl dolls where there were like novels written about each doll right. with stories. I think that, I think the argument is that if the doll did not exist, then this project wouldn't exist because even if even if Greta Gerwig like completely on her own decided I want to make a movie about a doll who is who exists in the real world and has existed for decades and has changed culture and that doll leaves that reality and joins the real world and discovers that the real world is not actually uh, like I, I I'm just like I feel like this rule doesn't apply to biopics and shit. Like I feel like this is a weird rule. Like a biopic is based on somebody's life and somebody like, that exists. I feel like biopics get adapted screenplay. But I also feel like they get original screenplays, don't they? Am I crazy? I mean, maybe if I don't think I I honestly can't think of an example of a biopic getting original screenplay. I know well, a lot of times biopic movies are based on books anyway, so like it's adapted from the book that was a biopic on the life. Um, I don't think it makes a lot of sense, but it is at least consistent within their very weird screenplay rules. <laughs> like as a speaking well, as a writer person, uh, I'm like I understand even if I don't agree. Penelope has entered the podcast. What's up, Penelope? She's decided it's time for her to be a star as well. A podcasting star. I don't know if you could hear her like screaming in the background. Can you just lay down? I missed it this time. Sometimes she I does can this every hear. night. I just gave her her treats and everything, and she's still being a pain in my booty. <laughs> um, if you were on if you're watching on YouTube, reasons to watch on YouTube, you might see the cats. You see Kitty. And sometimes we'll see Luna, except right now she's in the Luna is in the doghouse. <laughs> um. Anyway, I we totally got distracted on the screenplay question. So Barbie did get um. So Barbie did get eight nominations. Um, it got two of its songs got nominated. I'm just Ken was nominated as well as the Billie Eilish song. What was I made for? Which legit makes me cry every time I hear it. Mm -hmm. um, and then it also got a nomination for America Ferrera for best supporting actress. It got a nomination for costumes. Um, which agree plus yes. Um, and it also got a nomination for best supporting actor, Ryan Gosling. Um, but Margot Robbie for lead actress and Greta Gerwig for director did not get nominated. So that's what we're talking about. Um, and it's insane to me that like, it's insane to me that a, a picture gets nominated for best picture and that like the director doesn't actually get that yeah. like that's it doesn't insane. make any sense so, like, was did the movie direct itself or did no like this like spawn from nowhere like it's the best movie it's one of the best movies of the year but the director meh whatever probably didn't have a hand in that but like i you know after reading like all of the think piece not think pieces but like reviews about like how the process happened and like how the movie came to actually be because there were like many different versions of the movie and they weren't always with margot robbie but the reason it happened was because of all the work that greta did and 
literally Margot Robbie being a huge champion for it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and that being said, it being nominated for Best Picture technically sort of means that Margot Robbie is also nominated. Which, right. But also As producer of the film. But also her acting work in the film is fucking stunning. Oh, yeah. She's invented an archetype. She she hits every single possible emotional beat in every direction. She plays every scene perfectly. She, it's, a, it's an incredible performance. It's an incredible. I'm getting chills thinking if you can you can see on YouTube. I can like you can see the chills. It's like thinking about her performance, thinking about that journey she goes on. And when she's like lying face down at weird Barbies and she had like and then when she has after like ken kicks her out and she's sitting there and she's just like ready to go i don't know i'm just like thinking about all these perfect moments yeah that and the thing and the thing is for me about it is like emma stone in the movie poor things did get nominated for best actress but those two roles are basically the exact same role they're both going on the same emotional journey they're both going on the same character journey it's both you know, people who were essentially created by a man realizing that maybe, like, I don't want to be... Well, Barbie was created to... by Ruth Handler. Not well, man, I guess. yes, but... But she's managed by Mattel. Managed by Mattel, <laughs> which in the movie is a, a boardroom full of nothing but men. Um, and Will Ferrell. Yes, Will Ferrell, and they're all making decisions. But, like, created for the purpose of i mean barbie's created for little girls in poor things emma stone has created more specifically almost for no reason but more specifically for men um like full disclosure i haven't seen poor things yet it's like yeah. the next movie i'm gonna see in the theater yeah it's a very good movie but i i watched it and i walked out thinking barbie did every single thing that this movie did better like yeah. Barbie Barbie knocks this out of the park and like the emotional journeys of the characters again is the same as they like figure out what the world is actually like and then process that information and then take that information and decide what to do with their life moving forward like Margot Robbie's performance is just the degree of difficulty of that role is 10x as difficult as Emma Stone in Poor Thing. And I'm not going to say that Emma Stone is bad in the movie. Emma no, Stone is I, you know what? To, based on the clips I've seen, it would appear to me that that Emma Stone's character has a lot more like physical, it's like a little bit more physical, like forced act, acting and activity, right? Is that correct to say? There's a, there's a little bit more physical stuff. Like they, it's not they as nuanced. Of, they sort of heavily emphasize her physical moments in the trailers, but for the most part, she she's hitting the same emotional beats in every scene, which is just like sort of confusion and curiosity. This sort of just like approach in every single scene of like, is that how that works? Huh. I wouldn't have thought that. That's interesting. Hmm. I don't think I like that. And then she moves on to the next scene. And, like, there's a couple of moments where she, like, really takes something in and, like, really has an emotional moment and, like, something, like, really hits her and moves her. But it's, like, Mm. it's, like, two or three moments. And in Barbie, I feel like there's hundreds of those moments. And if I just watch the movies back to back, like, it would probably be a great double feature, honestly. But if I watch them back to back, like, there's just no, there's just no comparing 
the degree <laughs> of difficulty of those performances and those roles. One of my guy friends was talking about uh, uh, the a poor thing specifically, and he was saying like the whole movie was basically just a lot of Emma Stone having sex with guys, and it that, really that is. was a huge turnoff. And then it I really can't help is. but think like, oh, the Academy loves when women are having lots of sex on screen. And it's also specifically <laughs> Emma Stone having sex with a bunch of guys that she doesn't want to have sex with. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, and I feel like there's a, there, yeah, there's a level of a bunch of old men in the Academy who are like, well, we like that version better. <laughs> like, it's just crazy to me. I do, you know, I also didn't see, okay, so I... I haven't actually seen Killers of the Flower Moon, to be honest with you, because, well, I really should. I really should see it for the sake of Lily, because I've heard that she's amazing. She I is. guess I just was feeling bored with the whole concept of it and the white-centered story. And it's, all. You know, it's almost four hours long, and I think Lily Gladstone is on screen for maybe an hour of it. So, yeah, it's, it is frustrating. <laughs> Now, uh, I did see actually. I actually did see Nyad, believe it or not. So oh, wow. Annette Benning got a nomination for her performance in Nyad, and so did Jodie Foster for her support. She did for supporting actress, and yeah. it was great to see her on screen again. And now she's also in the new season Night of Country. True Detective. Oh, that was what I wanted to talk about—the new season of True Detective. Oh my god, oh. how exciting to have a female-centric season of I'm True so Detective! Excited. Yeah, and it's great so far. I mean, it's only two episodes, but so far they're both amazing. Oh, I haven't even seen the second one. Don't spoil it. Okay, I it's won't. been a busy two days. Uh, I did not see Anatomy of a Fall. Did you see that one? I did. Sandra that's, Huller. That's that's my favorite movie of the year. It's like if that, that movie didn't exist, Barbie would be my favorite movie of the year. But Anatomy of the Fall is incredible, and there's a lot of similarities. Honestly, it's another story of a woman like trying to uh, justify her own innocence in a world full of men who are determined to decide that she is guilty. Wow. Well, I, based on like the things I've heard, I want to see it. It's incredible. So I can't speak to it. And I'm sure it was a good performance. I've also heard that Carrie Mulligan is great in Maestro, but that Maestro itself is very boring. I couldn't finish it. I was so bored. And it's like also the most like white, like not whitewashed, but like, it's like some weird streamlined version of Bernstein's life and leaves out like a bunch of the most interesting things about him. It leaves like, well, out that's, everything about him. That's like the lamest. Why would you do a biopic and leave out? Yeah. And I guess that's Bradley Cooper, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I have a lot to say that I, I don't, I don't want to say. So. <laughs> I know we're both in the industry. We're trying to be friendly. <laughs> I so you know I it's not like you know which of those nominations like doesn't belong in place of Margot Robbie I'm I think they were all wonderful I just can't believe that that she I just think her performance was just amazing anyway so you know I I don't it's not fair to say like she like one of these women is less deserving for her yeah, work no. I just can't believe that Margot's perf- like you know where I will say that, though, is in the best director category. Yeah, you know what? Let's talk about that. Here, I'll scroll <laughs> to that. I have this list up so I don't forget any of these nominations. Because, yeah, let me see. Directing. Yeah, well, okay, Anatomy of a Fall, that is the only woman who got nominated this year. There is a, She is the only, the eighth women, woman, by the way, ever to be nominated for best director. <sighs> is it really... Greta, Greta should really be in here. Like, honestly. I like, you could I easily seen, kick out... Have you seen Zone of Interest? Have you seen Zone of Interest? I haven't seen Zone of Interest, but I've okay, heard... Okay, so we can't really speak to yeah, that. Yeah, I can't really speak. I'm going to see it soon. Um, but, 
I like Jonathan Glazer, uh, but I don't know. I just don't. I just don't think there's any way that the directing in that is. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Can't we'll speak see. To it. I saw Oppenheimer. I saw fucking Oppenheimer. Okay, and it was so boring. <laughs> and like, I. I actually like really struggle with all these marketing campaigns. And, you know, for those of you who don't live in L.A., um, L.A. around award season is like plastered with all of these movie promos. You know, they call, they call it FYC for your mm-hmm. consideration. Every side Where everybody's every trying to get everybody to vote for their movie. Movie posters. For all the, you know, and they're like, and there's this one. I drive by it all the time at Hollywood uh, or at Franklin and Highland. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. There's yeah. this big one for Oppenheimer that's like the best movie of the century. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Really? Like that is what you think is the best movie of the century. And I, I just, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like thousands of women broke up with their boyfriends after they saw Barbie because that movie shifted people's paradigms and into like a new state of being of awareness and of like power and self-love. Like that is like a fucking, whether or not you liked Barbie, you, you have to acknowledge, right? That that is a, like a movie that can cause people to do something so extreme. I'll say so extreme, like, but like that that's something that a movie like pushed people into like a new reality and a new understanding of reality rather and like what a fucking powerful work of art that can do that cuz not very many pieces of art do that right yep. like like I, can you I, name I, like f- uh, five other pieces of art that have done that or at least pieces of film that have done that certainly not off the top of my head I can't say that I've ever experienced one that impacted me that powerfully or that I, I mean, I don't even remember the last time I walked out of a theater and felt like the energy surging that I did when I was coming out of Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. And like to, to just to feel that that particular power that because the storytelling, right? It's the storytelling. It's not just the script. It's the storytelling, which the director is responsible for. Like, that was just incredible. And for that to get the snub, it's like, over Oppenheimer? <laughs> Congratulations, you made Florence Pugh naked for a whole movie. Like, that's how I felt about Oppenheimer. Yeah, that is definitely the worst part about Oppenheimer, for sure. And I like Florence Pugh, and I like to watch her, her work, and like... Yeah. And, all, think- and obviously, I'm a body positivity, right. naked-loving person myself, yeah, so sure. it's not that particular... Every, thing that turns me off. every woman in every Christopher Nolan movie deserves better. Yeah, I actually, I first of all, I love Emily, Emily Blunt. I can't actually believe that she got a nomination because I thought her role was so underwritten and so like two dimensional. Yeah, like, I couldn't even figure out why she took the role other than just to like be in a, a Christopher Nolan movie. Because I just think she's so brilliant and she's so much better than that that role gave her to work with. And of course she did a great job with it, but like, Jesus. <sighs> yeah, I mean, yeah, she, she mostly just is like drunk in every scene. And then she has that one scene at the end where she like makes a big speech to the tribunal or whatever. And she's yeah. like, how dare you all? And, like, and the movie the had this out. definite like 
we're judging this woman who clearly is a bad mother because she's a drunk and clearly she's just making it harder that kind of stink to it clearly she's just making it harder for Oppenheimer to live his best life Uh, like I'm I was over I was over it for the first scene and then it was just like a bunch more scenes that were exactly the same there's there's a lot about that movie that I find very impressive but its treatment of women is certainly not one of them that's true that's true and I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that America Ferreira got nominated I think she's just the bee's knees and I think that was a tough role too and I think she did a great job with it and like I'm glad she got the nomination for sure I I don't know like Ryan, Ryan Gosling like I know everybody loved him so much as Ken he was like one of my like least favorite things about the movie of all the things that I loved so much and so for him to get nominated for Best Supporting Actor is so silly. Like, right. that is silly to me. He just got the most punchlines, and people remember him very fondly for making them laugh. He did. He did have all the punchlines, but as opposed to, like, Robbie, who had this, like, huge A emotional... dynamic arc. Yes, this A dynamic story. arc. He really kind of did, like... Did he was, not. He was one note the entire time. He, like, has a, a very sort of slight change at the end. But, like, for the most part, not really. Like, he mostly just kind of gets bored trying to be in charge. <laughs> like, like I, I just, like, I literally cannot help but think that the Academy is like, well, Barbie was a great movie everybody loves. What nominations can we give it to show that we thought it was good, but we don't want to really acknowledge the true power players who made right. it happen? Right. Like, that's how it, like, I can't help but feel that that's what happened. Right? Yeah. I mean, I I don't think it was probably that conscious, but I think on on some level that is exactly what happened. <laughs> I, my friend Paul is in um, marketing and he commented, because I, of course, posted a Facebook rant about it. Um, and he posted, I can't believe the Academy did not foresee the optics <laughs> of nominating <laughs> Ken, but not Barbie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, actually, if only even for the optics, can you right. just fucking right. put it? But I also don't want people to make choices just because of optics. Right. I hate right, right, that. Right. That's exactly. not the world I want to live in. But I also um, like, I feel like, generally speaking, coming out of that movie, every woman that I know was like, this is one of the greatest movies ever made. And every man that I know was like, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Like, it's not and that... Zach loved it. We know Zach loved Zach it. Zach loved it. Um, and Mark Maron loved it. I know a few men who really, really loved it. But for the most part, I listen to a ton of movie podcasts. Hmm. Almost all of the male hosts and the male reviewers were like, I don't know, it was fine, I guess. Like, it, I wanted it to be better. Like, I'm glad people love it, but, like, it's not for me. And I feel like, again, the Academy is mostly men, and I feel like probably the vast majority of them were just like, yeah, I don't know. It was cute. And like, I really it liked that silly. Ryan Gosling guy. Yeah. He, was, he made me laugh a lot. That was I great. I keep seeing people say like, oh, it's fine. But it was silly. Right. I'm like, what? I'm like, it's, it's not Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> like, and that is no cut to yeah. Napoleon Dynamite. Right. I love that movie. But, but like, they are you definitely know. doing different things. And there, it, there's a lightheartedness to it. And there's fun, there's like fun and humor built into it, but it is, ugh. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it, I mean it has to be because the voters are mostly male. It has, just has so. to be that way. They just if you ask them for their 10 favorite movies of the year, it's honestly kind of a miracle that Barbie's even on that list. <laughs> like Yeah. You know what else should have been nominated more? I know it got a couple nominations, but did you see Past Lives? Oh, yes. Oh. Greta Lee should be nominated for Best Actress for that, for sure. I like, think she... she's not. Oh, she's not. No, no, you're right. She's, she's not. not. What? Who's There's only one nominated? person of color in each category, I think, or except for maybe Best Actor. Best Lead Actor has two people of color. It got nominated. Hold on. I'm looking through the list. It did get a nomination for for one category, but I don't um, remember. I also haven't seen American Fiction yet. I haven't seen The Holdovers yet. I haven't seen a bunch of things yet can't believe, like, Bradley Cooper again. Can we just get over Bradley Cooper? I'm over him. I've been over him for a long time, I think. Maybe too long. <laughs> uh, so I feel like it did get a nomination for something. Am I losing my mind? Hmm. For which one, which one are we talking about? Past Lives? Yeah. I mean, it got Best Picture. Oh, it did get back. Okay, Best Picture. Yeah, it's in, it's in Best Picture. I don't know that it's anywhere else. Maybe a screenplay? Where's my screenplay? Um, it is original screenplay as well. Is it? Okay. God, so, that was a beautiful movie. I love that movie. It's Man, so good. that was a great movie. Too. It was great, and it was also very... Um, That's my number three of the year, by the way. And it wasn't like specifically feminist in the way Barbie's like appointed feminist movie, but it was... Like, yeah, I, I think love... it's more just about like an honest depiction of relationships and like specifically like past relationships and like yes. missed missed relationships like that sort of just that that very specific tension that happens when like a relationship really 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 could have worked out but because of timing and distance yeah. and whatever else just just didn't and yeah. like when you, you know, meet that person again, like 20 years later and like those feelings are all still there, but like your lives are so wildly different that like, yeah, you can't throw away your whole lives and like do that. But like, yeah. if you had done it together from the get go, maybe it would have worked out fine. But like also maybe like, not. Um, if you like put that plot line, like if you like told the plot line or the general like summary of it, it, it seems like it would be a really easy movie to like just make a movie that had no impact and wasn't great. Like, and the, and yet this movie was mm -hmm. so stunning. And I think it was like each of the characters, the three, the three characters, um, they all were so interesting and very fully fleshed out people. And like listeners, if you guys haven't, um, seen past lives, it's, it's basically about this, uh, Korean woman who, when she is young in Korea, she's not, I don't want to say in love because they're like children, but she's like sort of in this expectant relationship with this young boy who's the same age as her. And the expectation is that, oh, yes, they'll probably get married when they get older. And then her parents uh, immigrate to the U.S. And she becomes a writer and she ends up marrying this other writer. And in the meantime, she had like rekindled the relationship with him before she had met her, who would become her husband. Cause it, it kind of does that little, um, it does some time jumps where, you know, they're, they're kids. And then 
it's like their early 20s when she's sort of new in New York and lonely and she reconnects with him and then uh and then she ends up meeting the man who becomes her husband and then this old Korean boy from her childhood ends up like coming to visit her when she's already what like 10 years married no how long have they I can't even remember um they're not newlyweds though it's They've like been married seven or eight years I think they were married I think they say seven years yeah, I, think, I and watched they, it the other day again. I think it's and they meet up, and there's this one scene where they like all go to get dinner or drinks. Maybe it's just drinks. They go to this bar, and all three of them are sitting there. But the the American husband doesn't speak any Korean, and the other two are speaking only in Korean. And it's like, ah, oh, it is like a so such a fascinating scene. And like, I found myself just watching all three of them being like, oh my gosh, what is happening in their heads? And like how many feelings and emotions must be happening all I, I, I can't even it was just a really beautiful film anyway i'm totally ranting about it but no it's i mean it's a good thing to rant about it's a great movie and i think it's a uh, criminally underseen yeah for, for, for i actually watched it on an airplane <laughs> i was like oh yeah i've been wanting to watch this and then honestly probably I was like, a pretty good airplane movie it was so good it was one of those where like we actually had landed and we're taxiing and I was like, oh God, am I almost there? Am I almost over? I don't want to <laughs> leave it unfinished. And then, you know, we taxied long enough that I was able to finish the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. So if you haven't seen that, listeners, you should check that out too. Um, check that out before you even check out Oppenheimer or Maestro. Yeah. Or I'm just, I'm just very happy that I can make a top 10 movies of the year where I think half of the movies in my top 10 were directed by women. They and were. That's very exciting. Like I just it was wish... not too many years ago where like we wouldn't even get that many movies made by women. I know. I just wish I think I'm still just a little salty. Not a little, a lot of bit salty. That I'm also salty. It feels like the the gatekeepers of recognition can't seem to get over old white men. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the same problem we're having in every aspect of our society. Like why is our government entirely people over the age of 70? Like, and why are they all white and why are they all men? Like, if we could just, you know, move yeah. to the next phase, the next generation leading the way, I think it wouldn't look like that anymore. And I think we wouldn't have these problems. But like, I have not taken the Academy or the Oscars seriously since they gave Best Picture to Green Book. And like, now... Every single time they do something I like, I'm like, oh, wow, they actually got something right for a change. Because, like, my general assumption going into it is, like, they're going to do everything wrong. They're going to fuck this up, top to bottom, left to right. And when I saw that Barbie got nominated for Best Picture, I was like, oh, wow, good for you, Grandpa. You did it. Like, yes. <laughs> like, you saw a girl movie and you liked it. That's amazing. And, like, it's not going to win, but, like that's cool every blu-ray of barbie for the rest of time can be like academy award nominated barbie and like that's yeah cool. but you know what it did win it won the biggest box office take of 2023 it, it sure did 1.4 billion dollars yeah just quietly one of the like highest grossing movies of all time it's all what fucking a, time what a feat and i don't i should say i don't technically measure most successes by box office numbers it's a very like man's world way to approach it i feel like oh it made so much money you know trans this was the best transformers movie ever yeah. and it, <laughs> also it got adapted screenplay because it's based on a 
I toy and I cook. <laughs> but um, I, I, it's worth noting that like the whole world really loved Barbie and spent a lot of money on it. I saw it four times in the movie theater. I haven't seen a movie yeah. four times or more since Titanic came out when I was uh, years old. <laughs> With, <laughs> a young teenager? A young teenager? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I wasn't allowed I to see Titanic when it came out. I, I think my friends and I saw it like 13 times. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and I think we also saw Armageddon a lot of times. But okay. you know, that was also when we were in our very young, sexually repressed phase sure, of our of lives. Yeah. And watching hot men on screen, like then Ben Affleck and then Leonardo DiCaprio, none of whom are very hot anymore. Yeah. Um, that feels good to say, actually. I, I shouldn't laugh through that. that I think you can say. laugh at Leonardo DiCaprio not being hot. He's, you know, he cuts people off the day they turn 25. He's like, no thanks, no more. I'm only interested in dating you if you're below the age of 25. And a model or like, whatever. What are you, a vampire? Get out of here. Gross. It's strange and gross. It's, it's disgusting. Uh, it's not the strangest, grossest thing that happens in Hollywood, but it's certainly right. strange and gross. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, it could it could be worse, I guess. It could be worse. So I guess I'm here to say I'm proud of all the women who got nominated, and I don't want to detract from Ryan Gosling's nomination. No, <laughs> specifically, I don't think anyone should feel. I don't know. I don't think it's a it's disrespectful to Lily Gladstone and the other women to say that Margot Robbie belongs on that list. I don't think it's disrespectful to the other men to say Greta belongs on that list. It's just sad that the Academy just can't, it's like they can't nominate things that are outside of their favorite genres. That's like really like, Oh, this subject material is not for me. I'm not going to vote for it or I'll give it a throwaway vote or whatever. And I just can't wait. I just can't wait for the sh- the tides to shift because it has to. Because people eventually will leave the academy, whether they quit or die. Mm-hmm. And I don't. Th- well, there I'm are. You know, I'd like to think we're going to grow out of it, Chloe. What do you think? Yeah. I think. I mean, I don't know when. Like people seem to be living forever these days, but like it's going to happen. Like. You know, there will be a day where I'm no longer here and there's going to be, you know, the entire world will be filled with people who are not even alive yet. And I just have to believe that in that world, we have we have not just continued to put only white men in power. Like, it just doesn't I just can't imagine that that happens. Like, I, you know, I tutor, I teach kids, I talk to these kids and like. There's smart kids who very much understand that even at a much younger age than I ever knew that like there is obviously a patriarchy. There's obviously racism in the world. There's obviously these big problems and like, let's deal with it. Like why yeah, is this Gen so hard? Z is actually dealing with it. I think they're going to be the ones yeah. who end up, they're going to be the ones who shift the numbers, right? Yes. Like millennials are aware and they don't like how things are. Yeah. But there's not enough millennials that are activated to like our powers are not combined. We are not Captain Planet. Yep. But Gen Z is. I think Gen Z is Captain Planet. I think so. I think you're right about that. I'm stoked for it. And I'll be, you know, I'll be whatever Captain Planet's sidekick. Hell yeah. Maybe we'll still be podcasting. Maybe we will. Maybe no one will listen to us then. Or 
Yeah, whatever. Or maybe more people. Maybe we'll be famous. One of my students told me uh, two days ago, she was just like, Chloe, you are so millennial. And I was like, what? <laughs> What, is, what does that mean? And she was like, just like everything you say and do is just like, it's just like a like what a millennial does. Wait, what did you do that triggered that? Comment? I have no idea. I was like, what did I, wait, what did I just do? And she was like, everything. Did you say like fetch or something? Like No, I, I literally, I was just talking about math. I was, I don't know. I don't remember. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. And, and I was like, can you like explain to me what that means? And she was like, just like go on TikTok and look up millennials be like, and then you'll get it. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't have TikTok. And she was I like, I don't have TikTok either, so which also makes us millennials. <laughs> she was like, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, I guess you're right. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. I guess I'm so millennial. Like, You're so millennial. I'm so millennial. I was like, thanks. Okay. I, bet, I think we're so millennial together. Yeah. And then I was I'm like, well, you're that. so Gen Z. And she was like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this chick? Should we, should we bring her on the pod? <laughs> She'd probably love it. I don't know. She might be like, oh what's my up my God. podcast? I don't know. Well, I feel like that's a good place. We can we can probably wrap up this rant. Um, but we had to rant about it. It we was did. just outrageous. We did. We had to. So maybe this will happen every year because until, you know, Gen yeah. Z is in charge of the Academy. Her annual, why aren't <laughs> the white men better rant. Just why aren't they better? Yeah. Just be better. Why can't Thank you, you for coming, Chloe. Barbie it was good brilliant. to have you back on the pod. Thank you for having me. This was, this was very fun and very needed. We hope your closet gets fixed soon and you don't have to live like this much longer. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> me too. Did you know we've got an amazing database of all the women we have covered on this podcast at our website, broadsyoushouldknow.com. While you're there, click on over to the about page and you can read more about me and Chloe, our bios, photos, links to all of our cool stuff, all right there. Are you following Broads You Should Know on social yet? We are on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, YouTube at Broads You Should Know and Twitter at BYSK Podcast. To suggest a broad, fill out the form on our website or email us at broadsyoushouldknow at gmail.com. If you are a fan of this podcast, share an episode with your friends and family or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or do both. You'd be our best friends because that helps new listeners to find us. Broads You Should Know is produced by me, Sarah Gorski, and edited by Chloe Skye with original music by Darren Callahan. Finally, if you enjoyed our chatter about Barbie and the Oscars, we've got a lot of other broadly speaking episodes you can check out with me and Chloe talking it up. But you also should check out our original Barbenheimer series. We cover the movie review of Chloe and Zach and I. And we also talk about Ruth Handler, our broad who invented Barbie. And then we also did a little mini series on the real story of what happened at Los Alamos, where Oppenheimer took place, as told by Elisa Lynn Valdez. So check out those episodes, and we will see you next week for another Broad You Should Know. <laughs>